I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is how we do Top of the Charts Tuesday is my favorite musically themed day of the week. There's no question about it. Broadens my horizons. I always have fun. I always learn something. Uh, rarely do I complain or criticize Top of the Charts Tuesday because Patrick does such a great job playing jams. I reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. But this is one of the songs, and there aren't many songs like this, that I, that I have to change the channel and I have to turn it off when it's on or leave the room. I've actually wait what? Oh yeah, when I it, I hate this song so much because this actually came to prominence when I was still going out in the right, clubs, right, probably right, right. doing Robbie's like Sex Panther days. This is like in my prime. All right, <laughs> I would it, it's like a bit with all my guys, and I would commit to the bit. I would leave the club when they played. This is how we do it. I would leave when it when it came on. Like whenever like just they came walk on, outside to go smoke like, a heater or, I would or just, lung I, dart. I would, pro- I would leave. Sometimes like I leave, come back. Sometimes I leave, and I. You know, find something else to do or find, you know, something Another else to jump on, the other yeah. spot. I could not stand the song. And they, they already knew when the song would come on, they'd look for me and go like, Robbie on his way out. <laughs> I hated it. I could not stand what, the song. What, what was the reason behind because it? Because it was, I, first, I don't think it's a great song. Okay. People love this song. Oh, they run to the dance floor they for scream, it. Still to this day. Yes. They, oh, they my jam. I'm like, it's not even a good song. It's yeah. not even a good, it's not that okay. good. I don't understand why. I don't know why it made it to the top of the Billboard charts. It's just not top. that great of a song. Top. Top, oh, top of the charts. long time. Top of the charts Tuesday. And that people, was up in People there. still love it, though. Yeah. People still love oh, it that song. Oh, it still gets plenty of play. And it's a terrible song. So that's kind of why I just don't like the song. And I, I hate how much people love the song that I hate. I it, it might be at the top I love of it. my I love most it. hated song. It's got to be, right? It's up, it's up there. Because you get... This, this is not the first not time the first that time. this song oh, no. was See, on. See, can be like, oh, this is like the fifth time I mean, brought it up. <laughs> I had, cannot stand that song. Oh, my goodness. It's so bad, that and people love it so much. Like, why do y'all love that bad song that, so much? That it's song, terrible. Hey, that song's still hitting. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, I love my jam. I'm like, jam? It, uh, it was never good. I can't. And now they brought it back because it's not going to commercial Oh, yeah, now. it is. It's on commercials and stuff yeah. now. It was about the insurance, I think. Yes. This is how we do it. I know. It. Oh, man. Thank you, <laughs> Texter. This song sucks blank. Yes, it does. It sucks a lot of that blank. outstanding. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, but oh. I, can we just say this random little uh, nugget here? I guess not a nugget, but just a random topic. You brought up that it's on one of the insurance commercials. Mm-hmm. There is no product in America now. Making better commercials than our insurance companies. 
Oh, for sure. They're using all the money we give them because we're not using on our own insurance most of the time. <laughs> they're, 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 they're oh, fight, they're going to fight us they for that. They're going to fight us for deny you your insurance yeah. plays. But they are spending the damn good money on entertaining commercials because I don't think anybody has better commercials than insurance companies, whether it be Progressive or uh, you know State Farm yep. or Geico or Aflac. Like They're all the best commercials. And we don't even watch commercials anymore. Yep. We're spending all this money on commercials. So there you go. Random topic. Uh, except for that damn commercial, which everyone used the Montel Jordan, this is how we do it <laughs> song. All right, let's talk about uh, Peter King's column first, and then we'll work our way to some Cowboys news notes and nuggets pre-draft. We did discuss this earlier, but uh, Nick Casario did admit the Texans have received calls for the number two overall pick and that they are indeed listening. Two offers. Then he, he didn't say seriously, or he didn't say that you know that they are open to moving um, and trading down. He just said they're receiving calls and that they are listening to those calls. Right. So uh, that doesn't give me a lot of confidence as a Texans fan. There's been a lot of talk, and even Peter King in his latest column, he says that it's hard for him to believe. Uh, we can get into this too. He says hard for him to believe the CJ Stroud, the anti CJ Stroud propaganda, but he does admit that it's it's real, that it's there. He says, "quote I'm like you," and I think he's talking to the reader. I'm like you. I hear the Houston's souring on Stroud stuff, and I just can't believe the Texans wouldn't take a quarterback high in this draft. How would Cal McNair answer to his disaffected season ticket holders? Um, so. He's basically saying that he thinks they should go after a quarterback. He can't believe that they would be so dissatisfied uh, with the evaluation of C.J. Stroud. They would decide, we're not taking a quarterback with number two of our pick. We're either going to trade down or we're just not going to take a quarterback in this draft. I don't believe it either. I think I'm at the point now as a Texans fan, and I don't remember. You guys know I love Bryce Young. I don't love C.J. Stroud. I I like C.J. Stroud. So I am fine with the Texans taking Mm -hmm. him. I think he can be a very capable starting franchise quarterback in the NFL if he reaches his ceiling uh, or gets close to that ceiling. And it's the Texans' job to develop him into being that that very quarterback. Uh, But I think Bryce Young has a higher ceiling. And I think Bryce Young, with the overall evaluation, now I think most teams are coming to the conclusion that he does he's a better prospect overall than C.J. Stroud. I believe the Texans also came to that very same conclusion. And they screwed up because we know now from Albert Breer's report, they had a chance to trade up with the Bears for the number one overall pick. And whatever their offer was, it just could not it could not beat the offer made by the Carolina Panthers. Well, I mean, you you know as well as I do, whenever you start to look at how this is going to break down, and you I think you talked about this before, where you're like, you had everything right in front of you. And you failed yourself on this. You played yourself. So you played yourself <laughs> yeah. to where you don't have the guy that you want because, uh-oh, you're silly. And you you told Lovey Smith probably at that end at halftime, hey, we're going to let you go. And he was like, oh, y'all are? Well, I'm going to go out here and win this game and, mel- or, and tie it and make it where you can't get the first pick overall. Even if they didn't tell him, he knew. Yeah. He, he read the tea leaves. He knew what was coming, and that's why they should have – Told him, hey, you know what? <clears throat> you don't need to coach the last game. We'll coach the last game. We'll get it done. Thank you for your services. I Love appreciate you. We're moving you. on. We're yep. going to finish this tankathon our way. They didn't do that, so bad decisions. They uh, accumulate, uh, and now they've come back to haunt the Texans. So uh, aside from that, and we'll get to um, another uh, Dallas Cowboys-related story here in a second, but I want to jump back to the Peter King uh, piece. 
He did jump on the Bijan bandwagon recently. Mm-hmm. In that very same column, guys, he's in his, I think it was number six item uh, in his Football Morning in America. He said, quote, I think if I were Howie Roseman, I'd draft Bijan Robinson 10th overall, break the Eagles' mode of always fortifying the two lines, and say to the world, okay, you all try to stop Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, and Bijan Robinson. I know you can't. If it happens, and remember, guys, this is the first, probably the first team I brought up that could afford to make a luxury pick like Bijan. I was like, man, they can do it. Now, Howie Roseman, that would be very uncharacteristic of him as a GM. He 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 publicly and openly has discussed how he has he doesn't believe in the value of the running back position um, being worthy of of a high lottery type draft pick in the NFL. But as we've said. The Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Megan the Stallion size, but is there are exceptions to every rule. And I'm gonna tell you, man, if there is an exception that you need to recognize, it is Bijan Robinson. Mm-hmm. He is the exception to that rule. It's like I told you stories about I, I told my wife the same thing. So listen, I don't believe in marriage, woman, but I believe in you. You're you're my exception to the rule. You're my Bijan. I would never draft a running back in the top ten, but you know what? You know what, girl? I think you were there being drafted in the top 10. You got that kind of value. That's Bijan. Bijan is the exception to whatever rule you want to make about the value of the running back position. I, I said the same thing, too. It's like I understand how people want to think that way. But, again, this is a running back that has special skills that can play at a very elite level at multiple different types of ways you can use him. And, most importantly, if you're only going to have him for a few years anyway and you're not going to pay him the money, why are we just trying to figure out, well, I don't believe in picking him at that position? He's not a normal running back. He's not that guy that you can sit there and say, oh, well, we'll try and sign him. You're not going to get him to a second contract anyway, so why not go out there? We've already talked about the the life expectancy of a running back in the NFL is not very long. If anything, it's three to five years. Well, you got him on that rookie deal, and you can you have the right if you want to pick up his player option that next year on the fifth year. So why why are we not going after it, especially if you're a team that has a chance to win and win now? It doesn't make sense to me. I'm with you, and I love what you said about how versatile of a weapon he is. I, I got, I'm looking at a little stat, and we'll go through a lot of these stats as we get closer to the draft. 30 Power 5 running backs over the last three years with 275-plus receiving yards in a season. Uh, B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, and Deuce Vaughn I, are the only ones I counted on that list multiple times. Right. Multiple seasons. Deuce Vaughn's on there three times. Well, well, <laughs> that's a steal, too, by the way. That dude is a steal. Yep. <clears throat> He's on there three times. <clears throat> And Jameer Gibbs is on there twice with two different schools, by the way. Yep. He's on there with Bama, and was it Georgia Tech before that? Where was he at, Georgia Tech? I believe it was Georgia Tech before that. Jameer Gibbs, yeah, that's where he was at because he knew Tashar Troyce. Yes, great point. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Yes, so he's he's with two different schools, so he's also on that level. But Bijan also on that level, and we all agree he was underutilized. Right. He didn't have a target versus TCU. Not one target. So I can target him one damn time. So, yeah, he was underutilized here in the passing game, and this is what makes – I've said this about running backs before, right? It's compare them to other, you know, technological um, advancements uh, that we as a society have have been, I would say, have benefited from. Mm-hmm. 
and and what how we value them and how they've been valued over time with with the upgrades. Take a cell phone, for example, right? Take cell phones or a television or any of those types of devices that are now smart capable devices. Right. Where they can operate I. In, a smartphone. Yeah, your smartphone, your smart TVs. Now, you, you know, you have app uh, capabilities there. You can get, you know, your wireless capabilities, all that kind of stuff. If you want now to go buy just a regular television or a regular cell phone, it won't cost you that much. A regular cell phone, the value of it is pretty low. A regular TV without smart capabilities, very cheap right now. Really cheap. I'm about and to you go, can go get, get a flip get phone. You, you really can go get them really cheap. You want to get a flip phone? Won't cost you anything at all because it's just a cell phone with the cell phone capability and texting or whatever it is, right? But if you want a smartphone, the one that's got all the the app capabilities and one that can, you know, you can go online and you can, you know, have all these smart capabilities, that's going to cost you a ton, right? right? Right. Think of your running backs like that. If you got a running back that's just a runner, all he does is you hand the ball off to him in a traditional way, and, yeah, he can run in between the tackles, a little bit off tackle, and he can block, and he's your basic running back. Think of him like an old-school cell phone or flip phone or old-school yep. TV. He'd be relatively cheap because they don't really – there's no added value. The boob tube, right? they like call there's, it? There's no smart capability <laughs> with those. But if you want a back like Bijan, who can basically be a, a de facto receiver in the in the passing game if you need it, a guy that can be the best running back in the league potentially if you have him in a traditional running game, uh, a guy that can block, a guy that also can, as a as a weapon in the passing game, a guy that can go downfield. Remember that? Oh, I still remember this play. Was it Iowa State? It, they, they were at Iowa State. He's in the slot, and Bijan catches a seam route mm-hmm. down the field, one-handed grab, almost catches it with his, hand, his oh, helmet. Oh, the one going towards the goal line. You know, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Oh, it was, in the, oh, it was beautiful. Smooth a, transition exactly. to it, too. But it was a vertical route yep. downfield yep. that he's running. You know, most running backs are running routes in the short, intermediate game. No, Bijan can go vertical downfield. Like, mm-hmm. that's how much of a great route runner he is. So, to me, he's a smart back. That's basically what I'm saying. He ain't, he's not your normal running back. They're smart backs. He's got smart capabilities. Uh, so you got to pay for that. That's value there. That. And I'm with yep. you. It's only for five years. You're going to get your fifth-year option on him, and you're probably going to move on from yeah, Bijan Exactly. Robinson. But he might have a Super Bowl ring. If the Eagles draft Bijan, they might have a Super Bowl ring. And that, in that five-year span, they're going to get at least one, I think. The most hated yeah. moment of my I life do. is you saying that if the <laughs> Eagles draft him, they're going to the Super Bowl. You just really made me throw up in my mouth. Going back. Uh, no. Mm. I, I've never understood that philosophy. They're, they're, <laughs> the main thought seems to be we don't want to take him at around 12. Because he's going to be too good and force us to make him give him more money after he plays so well for us. That seems to be the, the theory. Pretty much. But then you're talking about like tight ends, and they're like, well, draft Dalton Kincaid or Mike Murray. You don't want to pay them either. You don't pay tight ends either. You don't really want to pay wide receivers. Exactly. You, don't you don't really want to pay, pay a lot anybody. of guys. You yeah. pay left tackles, and you pay quarterbacks. Other than that, and maybe and, and maybe, wide receivers maybe, these days. De- maybe DBs. Yeah. But wide receivers you don't really want to pay because you, you don't, don't want to pay them because yeah. you want them to at least go try the market and see if they can get more. Because they didn't pay him this offseason. They nope. paid him last offseason, not this one. So you're really, there's three positions, maybe DBs, quarterbacks, and left tackles that you want to pay for. Everything else you don't. So it's not like, I know running backs are devalued, but at the same point, yeah, if he's a Hall of Famer, pay him. And if he's not, then let him go. But that's every position except for three. I agree with yep. you. I think, I think they're so trying to add we, more to it, but you're right. That's, that's pretty much three premiums. Yeah. Premium positions. 
because wide receivers, you go, we'll go get another one. They're deep. You know, we have to pay for it, but we'll pay somebody else. If if you're our guy and you won't give us a hometown discount, well, we'll go get a better guy then. I agree. I, yeah, I, I think Bijan's the exception. I pretty, I do believe in the running back value, though. I don't believe in drafting running backs. Really like I said, it's not one of, it's not part of my belief system. But mm-hmm. you should make exceptions um, in, in the case of there Bijan. is exceptions to the rule, and, and we we see it. Yeah, no question. Well, yeah, no, and it's it's always for me. It's like it knocks your total score down. So if you say a hundred is Bryce Young, and you go, he's your best guy, he's your first number one overall. Well, now if we're going to say a running back, all running backs get a ten to fifteen point disc- decrease because their value is their value of quarter where we want to take mm-hmm. them and and how quick they deteriorate. All that we're going to get ten to fifteen points. If he's still the third highest rated guy after a fifteen point decrease, then you have to go. Oh well, why are we drafting this other guy mm-hmm. when I, we've we've handicapped it and he's still better? Yeah, the reason for the big board is to to tell you what the overall best talent is available with your draft pick. And I think for most of those teams, it's going to be Bijan. They're just going to decide to pass on Bijan. If I'm mm-hmm. playing at the golf club and and you go, well, Tiger Woods can play with you, but we're going to handicap him. I'm still taking Tiger Woods to play with me because he's still going to be better by even with the handicap. And Bijan, even with the fact that you don't want to draft a running back and there's there's problems with it, he's still good enough to make it worth the pick. I, well, right. Especially with with the Eagles, we're not not with everybody with the Eagles and the Bills. There's yeah. some teams where well, if your windows open, if you're if you're, you're drafting him and you're not going to be tra- if you're the Texans and you're drafting him and you're not drafting a quarterback and you're going, we're not going to try and win for two more years. Mm-hmm. That may be a, a a misguided pick. And they got they brought in Rashad Penny, I believe, too. Yep. The Eagles, yep. Oh man, yep. if they get Bijan, I'm sorry. They released some people. I apologize. I think. I think I'm going to go with the Eagles again. I picked man, the you, division this year. Why are you doing but, Steve Harvey on and, me, man? And I love me the, I the Cowboys offense. I, mean, <laughs> I would have to. Who's going to stop that offense? Yeah. I mean, who's going to stop uh, that offense? So, you know not, what? Not, not Dan Quinn. And Dan Quinn's got a top five defense. Exactly. And we're saying that offense is going to be too much for the top five defense? Yep. I don't, All right. Well, you heard him, Jerry. You better you better go trade up ahead of the Eagles and go get them then. Uh, it, you know what? That's the only way they're going to get them because right now I, I'm starting oh, to he think he could far. get picked in the top 15. I thought at first he would fall out of the lottery of the NFL draft. The more we get close to the draft, I feel, I think a team's going to trade trade up mm-hmm. or trade down to yeah. get Bijan, and it's going to be and no, and, and we keep hearing the Falcons more and more and more, and they're yes. at nine, I believe. That's another team that's and now they're, trending. And they're very much – Arthur Smith seems like the type of guy who really would be fighting to get him. So depends on if their general manager likes him as much as their coach, but I think their coach would take him at nine. Yeah. I don't know. Bijan's definitely one of the biggest wild cards of the draft. He might be the biggest wild card of the draft because uh, I think he has been mocked and projected to more teams than any other player that I can think of in I, the first round. I put Bijan and then C.J. Stroud just because we now know C.J. Stroud could drop below four. Yeah, because some, I believe it may be, man, was it Mel Kuyper? One of those one of those uh, draft analysts has Will Levis ahead of C.J. Stroud. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We can see we can see Will Levis go to the the Colts at four, and C.J. Stroud basically two defensive players taken. So Bryce Young, two defensive players, Will Levis, wow. and then him falling that far down, which is a pretty big wild card for a guy that we thought was a consensus one or two at the beginning of this offseason. You're going to pick a, a quarterback no. to be your franchise quarterback who puts mayonnaise in his coffee? And, and eats the 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 eats the, eats the, the, the banana peel, peel. The peel of a banana. Come on, man. Uh, now just saying, I'll pass on that one. I'm not saying he's not that a good is player. why I keep saying like, like take, what is what is the Stroud. problem? Like, what's going on with CJ Stroud? Exactly because you're looking at a guy that already has some issues. He got some issues. Now some people will be like, oh man, that's, 
You got to try stuff. Have you tried it? No, I'm not doing it because you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> I'm hey, not doing it. I need my it. quarterbacks to make good decisions. Exactly. Mayonnaise and coffee, what, not what, a good decision. What does Colin Cowherd say? I don't know if I could trust him if he wears his hat backwards. I definitely can't trust him if, if he's over here eating uh, banana, banana peels. peels and putting mayonnaise in his coffee. Yeah. He just... He, uh, to me, yeah, I'll admit, Will Levis is a strange, weird dude. Uh, so I'm not saying anything against his uh, football ability. But I, I, I think C.J. Stroud actually is a better prospect than quarterback you. than Thank Will you, Levis. Bro. All the jokes aside. I, look, we all do. And we're all curious why no one else in the in the NFL world seems to be agreeing with that. Well, if you listen to some of the experts, they're saying something's going around about C.J. Stroud. But nobody will say exactly what it is. Mike Lombard is the only one that hinted. I think Mike Lombardi's quote was that he is he's t- he's difficult to coach. Yeah. Which Mike Lombardi doesn't have a lot of credibility, so a lot of people are just saying Mike Lombardi should not be taken. Wasn't he part of the Cleveland word. Browns organization? <laughs> Mike Lombardi? Yeah. Uh, Let yeah, that ride, right man. That, man, what? Well, you know, then he knows how to pick quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, a lot of drama right now surrounding uh, the NFL draft. Okay, one quick thing about the Cowboys. I did promise a Cowboys story, and we haven't gotten to it just yet. So there's some GM rankings that came out from NFL.com. They ranked Howie Roseman, by the way, Eagles GM number one. And I'm not surprised by that. Uh, the only, the only, uh, only the, honestly, the only. Breaking news. Yeah, no, the, only, <laughs> the only point I would throw out there to contest that uh, or disputed would be Brett Veach of Kansas City. Yeah, he's done a great job too. And I, they, think, I think they're one and two. Aren't they are they? one and two. Yeah. they are one and two on so these rankings. Flip a coin. Exactly. They got yeah. uh, Duke Tobin um, of Cincinnati at number three. Uh, Brandon Bean of uh, Buffalo Bills at number four, and John Lynch at number five for San Fran. And then when you look at the Cowboys, got to go all the way down. Not all the way down. I shouldn't even put it like that. You got to go down to number ten. They got Jerry Jones at ten. I'm asking for ask you as that's, a Cowboys that's fan. That's ten. I mean, that's too that's high, okay. too low. That's definitely. I mean, he Thanks. makes some good moves. Okay, but it's still annoying. You know what I'm saying? Like Jerry has done some things that you were like, "Why would he do that?" Signing this guy, going after that guy. But in, in the grand scheme of things, the draft has always been good. They really do draft well. They draft well, man. And you, you have been winning games, but you're not finishing it off by going to the championship. In FC Championship or even the Super Bowl, so I guess that's where people have kind of backed up off of Jerry. But ten is uh, there's worse people. Yes, I oh, think Nick Casario's at twenty four. Ding, 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 and deserving by the way, right? Being at twenty four, yeah. Until so he proves I, I'm himself. okay with him being at ten. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it should be a ten. I, I was doing research on the Cowboys draft, and we'll talk more about this as we get close to the draft. But if you look at from and Pro Football Focus, by the way, these are their numbers, not mine. If you're looking at wins above replacement, um, you're looking at WAR numbers for Pro Football Focus and NFL players from 2011 to 2022. The Cowboys have been the most successful team in the NFL drafting in the first round. And mm-hmm. it's, not, it's actually not, you know, they. They've been, by, by a bit of a uh, distance, they are the best team at drafting in the first round in the NFL. They, hit, they have a really high hit rate yeah. of their, in their first-round picks. And I think, honestly, they've done a really good job in the draft as of late overall. I think they've done a really good job. Yeah. The Cowboys are one of the better drafting teams in the NFL. They have to be. 
because they're the most homegrown team in the NFL. Agreed. Nobody builds through the draft more than the Cowboys, so they have to hit. Now, mm-hmm. this offseason, you got two trades with Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks bringing those guys in. Um, so maybe now they'll be looking at other avenues of talent acquisition, but they've been good in the draft. It's just that has been the only means of talent acquisition, and they need to start diversifying their talent yeah. acquisition. And I think this offseason, they've done it with the trades. No doubt. I love those uh, Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks moves. All right, we come back. We'll uh, look at the ranking, the Big 12 head coach rankings. We'll see where Sark is ranked and why he's ranked there. Also, we'll look at the FPI, which loves Texas football. Uh, they got the Longhorns ranked really high in their football power index. We'll talk about that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful Horn. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What, 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 what. What, 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 Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a top of the charts Tuesday. That's my man Patrick takes jams that reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. And he plays those for us on a top of the charts Tuesday. Oh, this is this is actually pretty current for top of the charts Tuesday. Yeah, I'm trying, right? I'm trying to put some newer stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, I was say we don't. Yeah, we don't get very current on top of the charts Tuesday. This is pretty current. Um, all right, better than this is how we do it. I'll say that. Come on, man. Anything is better than this is how we do it. We're gonna pop some tags. <laughs> no, he's a he's a bigger fan of uh, Aquarius. Oh. Oh, I yeah. am a bigger fan. Oh, I'll take, You're yeah. a bigger fan of Aquarius? I'll take Aquarius. I'll take any <laughs> of that stuff over the, the Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. Anyway, enough of that complaining. Let's talk uh, really quickly about, uh, first of all, I want to get into this Big 12 head coaches rankings. Uh, it was on three that actually threw this out there, and they did their Big 12 head football coach rankings. And I was looking at it. First, I was a little uh, surprised at how low Steve Sarkeesian was on the list. And then I thought about it, and I guess it makes sense. I guess they figure Steve Sarkeesian has yet to prove himself uh, in this conference. They got him 10th out of uh, the 14. Sorry, they, they got 14, yeah, 14 coaches. coaches. Yeah. So they got him 10th out of the 14. They got Neil Brown at West Virginia at 14, Scott Satterfield at Cincy at 13, Daniel Hogerson uh, from U of H at 12, Brent Venables, uh, Oklahoma at 11, Steve Sarkeesian at 10, Joey McGuire at 9 from Ted. Got Joey McGuire. They beat him. He, a, he did they beat him. him. They beat him. That's fair. David At first, it makes you a little upset. You go, well, I guess so. <laughs> Dave Aranda of Baylor at eight. Matt Campbell of Iowa State at seven. Uh, Kalani, is it Sataki? Sataki, yeah. Uh, BYU at six. Gus Malzahn at five. Don't forget, USC, UCF with Gus Malzahn. They got Mike Gundy. At four, uh, Lance Leopold of Kansas mm. at three. Sonny Dykes just coming off a national title game appearance at two. And Chris Kleiman coming off of a Big 12 championship at numero uno. Harge, what say you about the ranking of Texas football head coach Steve Sarkeesian, number 10 out of 14, too low, too high? What say you? 
I know it's hard. It actually is difficult. It I is thought very... it was too low initially, and then when I looked at it, I said you can move them up maybe a spot or two, but you can't move them up too much when well, you looked at what the other coaches have accomplished and their records as well. Because basically, in the in the Big Twelve, you mean because if you sit back and you look at it, Matt Campbell is trending in the wrong direction. He is. And but. Texas beat them last year. Very true. And, you know, they finished with a better record. So I look at it and I say, okay, if we're going to go and look at what is here and where Sark is going, I think Sark should probably be a little bit higher. Higher That's than Matt Campbell? Yeah. I think that you could swap him. You could, but in totality, I will say Well, I mean, you just push people- everybody else up and put uh, him at 10 and put Sark at 9. The reason I, I- – I'd play devil's advocate because Matt Campbell's done more with less. He, I mean, he's turned around in hours. I mean, you know, I mean, he's made. I, I can agree State with that, but he's been. But the last few seasons, we've both looked at him and said, "Ah, he's his his star is not as bright anymore." I agree with that the star's definitely dimmed some. Yeah, but, um, it's flickering now. It is, but I I still think it it it'd be tough for you to make the case that Steve Key's a better head coach. Matt Campbell, and I see that, and I can see that. Like I said, you can you can go back and forth, yeah, because you can flip some people around. You can put them ahead of David Rand if you want to. You can look at Gus Malzahn, and Gus Malzahn got fired from Auburn, and now he went over to to UCF, and he's had to do an entire overhaul of his roster too. So it's kind of let's throw it out there now. Sataki. I like him. I've always liked him. Being what he's been doing at, at BYU yeah, over I mean, the last few years. Yeah, he's he's been very and one, consistent. 10 and 3 and 8 and 5. Very consistent. <laughs> he's been yeah. around the winners. He uh, likes to win. Dave Aranda's yeah. team was totally different than what we thought and and it may be different even more so this year. It will be. But Texas, you look at them and what they're bringing back and how they can can be projected. We just talk about the FPI. No other team was in there. I mean, at the in the top ten, they do. They, but let's be honest; they always have Texas. It's clickbait. Yeah, it's clickbait. <laughs> it's a bit of a thirst trap they've had yeah. for a while. It's clickbait. So, so I'm not disagreeing with. It. I will say this: I think it's why it's a big year for Coach Sark is because if Sark is going to go from being what is considered kind of right now just uh, an average coach, yep. Which I think that's right around where he is. I think his overall records were like fifty nine and forty seven. Yeah, it's not a, it's not right? overwhelming. It's yeah. not one that you're like, oh my gosh, this is woo. Yes, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I mean, and, and by the way, that's not a bad record at all. And considering, no. I think it's a, he's like fifty five percent winning percentage. You know, to be considered a good coach, you're at sixty. Well, like right, that's you said, a, that's considered a good coach at sixty. Matter of fact, you don't get into the College Football Hall of Fame unless you are a sixty percent winning percentage as a head coach. And if you're just using that as kind of the you know the barometer, if you will, I went and looked at Sark's record versus coaches who have won at least sixty percent of their games, and Sark is winning around 30, yep. 38. 39% of his games versus good coaches who win 60% of their games. And when he faces coaches who are below average coaches who win less than 60% of their games, he's around a 76% winning percentage. So when I get into when I start talking about the chess match within the game, yep. and you gotta win the chess match, you gotta have creative counters, all right, ready um for the you know, you're anticipating your opposing team's adjustments or that opposing coach's adjustments. He hasn't done that as well, which is why when he goes up against a really good coach or a good coach, he doesn't fare as well. 38% winning percentage versus coaches who win 6% of their games, 76% winning percentage versus coaches who uh, win fewer than 60% of their games. Yeah. 
I mean, I can see where the numbers are. You know, you look at those analytics and you're that's like, not analytics. That's no, just, I'm saying that's, the just win, that's just win percentage. He, he, he but wins. it is the analytics because it's sixty percent. That's of not the win, that's not analytics. He just wins. He wins fewer games playing the good coaches, and he wins more games playing bad coaches. And we need him at Texas to win more games playing good coaches. That ain't analytics. That's just win loss, baby. Yeah, well, it's wins and, and his losses. numbers are his numbers <laughs> are not in a good spot. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. so that ain't that ain't deep dive at all. That's right in your face. That's just you got to win more games. And that's qu- what everybody keeps looking at too. You should have beat Mike Gundy last year. Mike Gundy's a quality head coach. Oh, my goodness. You lost that game. Yep. That that team was on a downward spiral, and they spiraled right after you left Stillwater. You should have beat them. Yeah. And exactly. that changes the you entire should, I, season. Yeah. For I will you. say this though: he says in the article that he is putting into it recruiting and hiring coaches. And if you're saying that, he is saying that Sark is a terrible coach. Because if you want to put in his That's recruiting a, yeah. and his hiring of coaches, he's hired really good coaches, exactly. and he recruits amazing. And you can say it's Texas, and that's an advantage. But if you're saying that he's the 10th best coach, and you're giving him the fact that he's probably had, he's had the best recruiting class for two years in a row at Texas, and he's probably got some of the best assistants and in the Big be 12. The favorite this year in the Big 12. If he's should got be. all that, and you're still number 10, then your viewpoint of him coaching on the sidelines is pretty low for him to be behind all those other guys that he's out-recruited and out-hired. That's fair. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. He probably should be hired to Harge's point. But if, I, if you're counting recruiting, he's yeah. up higher. I don't know if he should be that much higher, though. Well, like I said, if you flip the script and move everybody down or up one and bring Matt Campbell down to 10 and move Sark to 9, I can dance with that. Okay. I can dance with that because Matt Campbell, because of that, what, the same thing, he's recruiting to Iowa State. And, yes, he has done less with – I mean, more with less. But he's trending badly right now. He should – like you said – I think they called the wrong Campbell. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's Dan true. Campbell was like, I think they called the wrong one. No, it looks like he missed his boat. He did. He miss missed his boat. time. His window like was that. was very different. Um, all right, we come back. We'll wrap it up. Putting the oven right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful down the horn. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Got to get it ready to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven. If you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com and catch up with them on the podcast page. I want to thank my man Patrick and thank Harge. Uh, what's on tap? Probably going to watch some NBA tonight. Yeah, no doubt. I guarantee no doubt. for all of us. Uh, remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Peace. had a difficult time of it uh, yesterday morning, yesterday afternoon. We had vehicles on fire and backups and all kinds of uh, serious crashes that caused lanes to be shut down for hours on end. That was yesterday. Today, totally different. It's been rather, well, tranquil uh, by comparison. We do have a crash at Jollyville and Breaker in northwest Austin. And over on FM 969 and FM 973, trying to wrap up a crash there. We have been a little concerned about northbound I-35 coming in uh, from the south, uh, from Slaughter to Stastny. Things are beginning to ease up. We did have a crash reported there earlier, but uh, not as bad now. Uh, A little concerned about northbound I-35 heading toward downtown. There could be a little fender bender uh, maybe um, uh, through the deck there, maybe near MLK. But other than that, not looking bad at all. I'm Don Miller and that's traffic. 
Hey, what's up, folks? This is your lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Business owners, are you feeling stretched thin by the pressures of growing your own business? Keeping up with the changing regulations and staying HR compliant, hiring and retaining top talent, handling payroll, the list goes on and on. It's so tough to maintain momentum and still keep your employees engaged. Fortunately, there's Insperity. They put over 35 years of HR service and technology to work to help you develop a people strategy that scales with you. What if your HR strategy included access to better benefits to help you keep the employees you have, but also attract new employees? What if it offered training for your employees to increase their skill set so that they become more productive employees? There will always be challenges to face in business, and no matter where those challenges come from, Insperity are ready to help you move past by providing the HR solutions that you need. Scalable HR, employee benefits, HR technology, Insperity, HR that truly makes a difference. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts provides more than just the right parts for your repair. Our professional parts people can also offer free check engine light diagnosis. We can scan your vehicle and provide a list of possible fixes. Find the right parts for you or recommend a great local repair shop. Don't ignore your check engine light. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Buying on referrals from others is best. We've built our company on referrals from our great customers. Hi, this is Terry from Weedman Lawn Care. We have local ownership and on-staff turf management PhD and include chinch bug, grub, and nutcrass control in our basic service. Most competitors charge extra. We make your yard greener, thicker, more kid-friendly. Strive to be weed-free and do so with an environmentally sound approach to lawn care. More importantly, here's what customers say about us. Ed Emma Pflugerville wrote, Weedman is the third and by far the best service for yard care we have had. Our lawn looks great and the crew is courteous and knowledgeable. Thanks, Ed. Go to WeedmanUSA.com today for a free, no-obligation quote. Weedman is recommended by landscapers, golf course superintendents, and people like Valerie Kay of Leander who called us and actually said, this is Valerie, and I just called to say, I love you. You do a great job and everyone I come in contact with is so nice and helpful. Go to WeedmanUSA.com. Lawn care companies are not all alike. Go to WeedmanUSA.com today. At Texas Children's, we know there's so much ahead of you. Some things you've been planning for. And others you have not. For everything that's ahead, there's our Pavilion for Women. Offering all the care you need from regular OBGYN visits to industry-leading fetal care to minimally invasive gynecologic surgery. Because no matter what's ahead, we're with you all the way. To learn more about the Texas Children's Pavilion for Women and to find a doctor, visit women.texaschildrens.org. Craig Way, you've heard me talking about Divided Sky Roofing and Solar and how we all know they do great roofs, but they're also certified electrical contractors and can install a backup battery or a generator. No one wants to be without power for a few hours or even days like so many Austinites have experienced recently. Divided Sky can help you be prepared for any short or long-term power outage by installing a backup battery or a Generac generator. Backup batteries come with a 30% federal tax credit. 
Give them a call at 512-995-ROOF, TEC license number 37397. From the UBO Business Services Studio.